0: For some time now, I have noticed that something strange is occurring in our region. I have noticed it both in the patients I have treated and in ordinary encounters with people. At first, there were only suspicions. But yesterday, my suspicions were confirmed. I was called to the hospital for a consultation, and there was an opportunity to make an examination. It began with little things, certain small clinical changes which I observed. Little things can be important. Even more important is the ability. Call it knack, hunch, providence, good luck, whatever. To know what you are looking for and to put two and two together. A great scientist once said that genius consists not in making great discoveries, but in seeing the connection between small discoveries. For example, a physician I once knew. Not a famous professor or even a very successful internist, but a natural diagnostician one of those rare birds who sees things out of the corner of his eye, so to speak, and gets a hunch, was going about his practice in New He noticed a couple of little things most of us would have missed. He had two patients in the same neighborhood with moderate fever, enlarged lymph nodes, especially in the inguinal region. One afternoon as he took his leave through the kitchen of a great house in the garden district, in those days one still made house calls, the black cook whom he knew muttered something like, "'I sure wish you wouldn't be putting out that poison "'where the cheering can get hold of it.' "'Now, most physicians would not even listen, "'or, if they did, would not be curious "'and would leave with the pleasantry to humor old what's-her-name. "'But a good physician or a lucky physician might prick up his ears. "'There was something about that inguinal node. "'Poison? Poison for what? Rats? "'I mean rats. "'You got rats? "'I mean, look here.' There in the garbage can, sure enough, a very dead rat with a drop of blood hanging like a ruby from its nose. The physician went his way, musing. Something nagged at the back of his head. Halfway down St. Charles, click, a connection was made. He parked, went to a payphone, called the patient's father. ''Did you put out rat poison in your house?'' ''No, he had not. Is Anne okay?'' ''She'll be fine, but get a detour for a test.'' At the hospital, he aspirated the suspicious inguinal node. Most doctors would have diagnosed mononucleosis, made jokes with the young lady about the kissing disease. So you're just back from Ole Miss, what do you expect, haha? He took the specimen to the lab and told the technician to make a smear and stain with fuchsin. He took one look. There they were, sure enough, the little bipolar dumbbells of pasturella pestis. The plague does, in fact, turn up from time to time in Orleans the nation's largest port. It's no big deal nowadays, caught in time. A massive shot of antibiotic, and Anne went home. This is not to suggest that I have stumbled onto another black plague. But if I am right, I have stumbled onto something. It is both a good deal more mysterious and perhaps even more ominous. The trouble is, unfortunately for us psychiatrists, the diagnoses in psychiatry are often more difficult and less treatable. There is seldom a single cause, a little dumbbell bacillus one can point to, or a single magic bullet one can aim at the tiny villain. Believe it or not, psychiatrists still do not know the cause of the commonest of all human diseases, schizophrenia. They still argue about whether the genes are bad, the chemistry is bad, the psychology is bad, whether it's in the mind or the brain. In fact, they're still arguing about whether there is such a thing as the mind. It began with little things. The other day, for example, I was seeing a patient I hadn't seen for two years. I've been away, but that's another story. She had a certain mannerism, as do we all, which was as uniquely hers as her fingerprints. If she said something in her usual bantering way, and I had the good luck to get behind it, make a stab in the same bantering tone and get it right, she had a way of ducking her head and touching the nape of her neck, the way women used to do years ago to check hairpins in a bun, and, as a slight color rose in her cheek, cut her eyes toward me under lowered lids almost flirtatiously, then nod ironically. "Uh Uh-huh, she'd say with a smile. She monitored her eyes carefully. A look from her was never a casual thing. An analyst who sees a patient several times a week for two years and who has his eyes and ears open, especially that third ear Reich talks about which hears what is not said,